great heavy music podcast, and I'm excited, Phil. I feel like we're refreshed, rejuvenated. Summer's coming to a close. It is time for us to talk about some seriously great metal here. I gave you Avatarium, the self-titled first release, and you gave me Crisis by Alexis on Fire. Can't wait to talk about these two albums. You ready to go? I'm ready. You're the freaking man. So, Phil, before we dive into it, is there anything that you want to share with us? Any updates for the listeners? Any Anything new and exciting in Phil's life? Anything uh, worth talking about? Or are you just one of those regular Joes? Uh, hmm. Well, my nursing school second semester starts up in a couple days. So that's that's a thing. That's about it, man. That's, that's the big news. It's pretty all-encompassing, so I don't have a whole lot of other things to, that I should do or could do or squeeze in. Well, probably a good idea when you're training to know how to save someone's life that you're not doing other things, like make a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing I don't have <laughs> side projects going on or anything like that. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, listen, I, I don't want you to tell me too much of what's going on in your respect to this album because I, I have to tell you, I gave you this one thinking, I wonder how Phil's going to take this. It's a little slow, tuned down, but the vocals are unique for this kind of style. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. And I have a lot to share with you about the album you gave me. But as we usually do, we have some sort of amazing That's So Metal uh, segment to open our show. Is there anything you came across this week that you want to let our fans know about? Yeah. So we are ending summer. But I thought it'd be nice to get a summer theme or something that would be fitting with summer theme before we ended it. And it's a shark story, a classic guy fights off a shark. But you you have to throw one in when you're doing that. So metal stories, because it's just too cool. So I have something from inverse is the source. They say in a scene that haunts many Massachusetts vacationers nightmares, a 61 year old man came face to face with a great white shark while swimming off the coast of Cape Cod this week. However, William Lytton, the would-be victim, surprised both the apex predator and himself with a flurry of well-placed punches that probably saved his life. And apparently he was swimming. Uh, Obviously, he wasn't walking on the beach and got bit. But um, he got bit in the leg. So the shark actually took a bite out of his leg. And then he started throwing punches at the shark's gills. He said, um, wasn't the most conventional target for a shark punch, but it seemed to work. And then he has all this advice, which I love. He's like... He's like, punching him in the face, going for the eyes, try to keep your hands out of his mouth. He said, going for the gills was a useful strategy. Um, And it just seems like he's so nonchalant about this. He's like, if you poke something in the eye, it'll stop doing what it's doing. Um, Sharks have a protective eyelid-like barrier called whatever, some kind of membrane, but it's designed to protect it. But I guess you can pierce that. He's like, it's very step-by-step. You had to be comfortable in the water. So I love that he just, like, he's a 61-year-old man, gets bit by a shark. Punches it in the gills and then has all this advice for fighting off a shark. I wonder if he thinks he could replicate his self-defense. <laughs> but I thought that was a cool story. It's it's one of those, you just got to mention it at some point. Fighting off animals is always metal, especially a shark. Classic That's a Metal story. Absolutely metal. And it's another example of when you get to be 60 plus, you just have life wisdom falling out of your butthole. Because this guy's like... If you poke something in the eye, it will stop doing what it's doing. <laughs> right. I mean, like, and you, and I guess instinctively you know that, but he's just like, you know what? If life really is simple. Go for the eyes in every, <laughs> in every situation. <laughs> and you wonder how many other dozens of times has he been in a scenario where he's just like, 
you know, his immediate response is not to freak out. It's just go for the eye. Just go right yeah. for the eye. They can't do anything with their eyes. <laughs> All right, officer, I'll listen. Eye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I had to throw that one in there, I felt like. That's a great one. And, and the guy was 61. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like like we always say, or we've said a couple times at least, um, it's crazy that you go through a long life, fairly long life at 61. And then, I don't know, just to be like, just for nature to just try to savage you anyway. It's like he doesn't care about your experience, like the fact that you put in 60 years on this earth. It's like, yeah, hey, you're done. But you just have to fight it off. Go for the eyes, man. Congrats, guy. You're 61. Now get that leg over here because I'm hungry. Right. You're slower, so I'm going to eat you. Exactly. Yeah. Nature is ruthless. Anybody who doesn't think that nature is savagely ruthless is an idiot. I know. I was thinking that the other day. I was down by like the reservoir where we live or where I live. And uh, I was looking at all these animals. It's also peaceful. And I'm like, this is a this is like Thunderdome quietly. You know, like <laughs> everything out here is trying to savage everything else. <laughs> like birds are chirping and singing and to us it's beautiful but it's like they're announcing that there's a lizard trying to crawl up into the tree and eat their eggs and they gotta right. swarm and peck its eyes out or coordinating attack movements and stuff and you're just like oh it's so nice and like there is a battle happening around you right now i was reading something <laughs> to my son the other day about this about just about animals as wild book and it was saying that certain birds don't even go after fish they just go after other birds that caught fish so they don't have to go get the fish. So they just attack the shit out of the birds. So imagine these birds going down, finally getting a fish, which is ceaselessly tiring, I'm sure, to actually catch one. You're on your way back, happy as hell, and you just get assaulted by another bird midair, yeah. and they steal your fish. Literally getting mugged by another by another bird. Yep. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I would say animals are far more ruthless than humans. You got to be, man. You got to be. But yeah, it's just, uh, oh, and uh, you know, speaking of birds real quick, there's a bird called the shark. I think it's called the shark shrike. I think it's called, I can't remember, but it, it just impales things on like thorns and then like disembowels them. That's how it eats them. It, it just, just like, it just puts them on like a pegboard or like, I guess like a thorny bush or something. And it just like, yeah, it's just like tortures them basically. I mean, it's just like eats, I guess they're still alive. The prey when the, when they're being eaten, it's just like, damn dude. It has to be a less horrifying way to put it, you know, whatever. It's easy. <laughs> so, but, ruth yeah. so ruthless. Well, that's a pretty amazing That's So Metal story. Did you did you uh, have that sent over to you by a listener, or was that something that you found? That is something I just kind of looked up. I knew there was going to be one. Like, I, that was sort of contrived. I was like, I'm going to go for a shark story because I, I, we didn't really – I don't think we got anything like that in for this summer. No. So I thought – you know, Had it's to getting a little chilly here. I don't know, not terribly chilly, but a little bit. It's very clearly going to be fall. Um, pumpkin spices are rolling in. I just already got coffee the other day. It was pumpkin spice. There you go. Anyway, um, but anyway, the point is, limited time to get a classic summer style that's so metal. Love so it. I went with that. Well, we did have a listener, a frequent listener, give us a suggestion. And okay, uh, cool. the listener's name is Fish. goes by Fish. Fish said that we should... At the end of each album, the person who's reviewing it should say, who won this album? The sticks, the strings, or the singing? And I thought okay. that was a cool suggestion. Are you on board for that? Totally. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Because I have a very yep. strong opinion in this album that I'm going to review today. So I give you plenty of advance notice. I'm sure you're ready to go, and I'm glad you don't mind not preparing at all. 
yes. I'm not preparing at all is my life motto. You know, I just <laughs> just shoot from the hip, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to be sick and maimed and roll into your your hospital ward and just say, uh, hey, you know, give it a shot. What, were, got- what were you doing before this? Picking your nose? All right. How hard could it be? Jesus. All right, awesome. Well, Phil, we're going to come back in a few minutes. We know we have to do our rock, paper, scissor, anything you want to do before we Mm -hmm. go to break. And then outside of the break, we're going to come back and we're going to review these albums. So you ready? I'm ready. You don't need more time. You're not going to sandbag me here. I'm not going to sandbag you. Let me make sure I got something really good, actually, because I don't want you to. (laughs) I, I mean, I really. Do I want to go first? All right. Okay. I, I, I got something here. I think. What are you going to throw the match? You fucking. No, I would never do that. <laughs> Winky face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I would never do that and then admit it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Uh, I, I think I got something right here. You ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Rock. Okay. Rock. Paper. Paper. Scissors. Scissors. Shoot. Shoot. Baby with cholera. Roadrunner. Hmm. I guess Roadrunner runs away from the baby because it's sick and he doesn't want to catch the illness and then Roadrunner survives, but the baby doesn't. Yeah. A baby with <laughs> cholera? <laughs> you definitely threw that match. Your baby is a baby. It can't, it can't defend itself and it's sick. <laughs> oh, man. What do you think? Oh, you really caught me? <laughs> right what would ever defeat a sick baby god what a formidable opponent <laughs> <laughs> maybe i have to go first damn that sucks Phil. wow <laughs> god damn it all right great what a weird surprise twist of events after this <laughs> right. after this break we'll come back and i will review the album crisis by alexis on fire and then phil will review avatarium by avatarium my next one is going to be a fish out of water. That's going to be my next opponent, I guess. <laughs> and mine is a bucket full of water. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's we'll do it. <laughs> all right, man. When we come back, we'll start this up. See ya. Okay. And now a cautionary tale. Not me, but an old friend of mine. Really quiet, soft-spoken, polite guy. A total gentleman and a graduate student in the liberal arts. Also, pretty inexperienced, tentative, and vanilla sexually. Dating this really cool girl for maybe two months. She is much kinkier in bed. She floats the idea of dirty talk and apparently likes to be objectified, even demeaned a bit from time to time. He's hesitant, but wants to please her and doesn't dismiss the idea outright. Changes the subject and figures that they'll revisit the idea another time. Anyway, they have sex a few days later for the first time since the conversation. Really going at it doggy style. And she tells him to talk dirty to her. He says that he can't think of anything to say, so he says nothing. And she then repeats the request, but the second time she is not fucking requesting, but demanding it. He comes up with, yeah, you like that, you fucking retard? He's never struck me as one for embellishment, so I believe him. He said that that was it for sex that night, although apparently they're still together. Okay, Philly boy, we're back from the break, and I appreciated the opportunity to be told a cautionary tale. You never never want to get to a new place you haven't been without any guidance. Right. So, Phil, 
our listeners thank you. No problem, of course. It's time for me to review the album Crisis by Alexis on Fire, or Alex is on Fire, as I still insist on saying, even though you told me it's not. The band from Canada that I think flew under my radar because I had no idea. Just to give you, give you a little insight here. I love this album. I think it's probably my favorite one you've had me review that I wasn't already familiar nice. with. So, cool, man. I'm glad to hear that. The uh, cat is out of the bag. Let's just jump right into it because this album's great and there's a lot I want to say. Okay. First track, Drunks, Lovers, Sinners, and Saints. Mm-hmm. All right. Powerful kick-ass out-of-the-gates start they just punch you right in the mouth total force total energy i love that they don't have this long slow boring introduction that just kind of waits and meanders around they get right to it right in your face and i love the kind of question answer format between the two types of vocalists yeah as i understand it dallas green is the is the clean singer and george pettit is the unclean or the growling vocals and i love how they have that dynamic of kind of question answer doubt optimism you know this kind of internal struggle at the beginning love this opening song yeah it's uh it comes right out of the gate man uh and, it, and as basically all this album is it's relentlessly catchy but yeah they have they, they they're fairly uh um i say pretty creative with the, the way they structure their songs and the way they go about their lyrics i agree with the question and answer thing it's pretty cool like the are you pretending are you even listening plus that's just a really yep. soaring catchy part Absolutely. And, and there's so many other examples of where I'm going to share in other songs. I just love the dynamic. The way they play, the two, the duality of the singing is awesome. So no complaints right out of the gates. The first time I listened to it, I said, damn, here we go. This is going to be a pretty cool album. Love the way it started out. Definitely, man. Uh, that's a that's probably one of my top three, uh, I think. I, I struggle with that. I'm going to give you my top three at the end, but I struggled. This one was in and out. There were a couple that were really on the edge. Like, oh, how do I put? How do I exclude this one? Right, and I know. And this was... This is one of them. So, all right, let's let's jump to the next one because I got a lot to say. The next one is called "This Could Be Anywhere in the World." Okay. All right, this one. I love the opening where he's playing the ride bell on the drums. Just that opening on the ride is just so cool. And then I love how he says, these streets are in distress. These streets are in distress. And then when they do the chorus of this city, this city is haunted. And he says, go hosts. Dude, oh my God, these guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> I knew that was going to get stuck in your head. Because it, how could it not? But I, I was how? singing that constantly after I, after I heard that. <laughs> city it's just so freaking catchy and for it to be the second one you could tell i think in the way that they you know this is another thing i was going to say i will say i love the layout of the album the way that it's just the the track listing 
is excellent. It's catchy. It's hooky. There are times where there's nice breaks. You understand the flow of the album. I can, you can tell they loved this song, but they didn't want to open it because they wanted something real powerful immediately out of the gate to just punch you. So they put the first one up front, and then this one is definitely a top three, man. I love this song. Yeah, it's I. It's probably the first one that I heard off the album. And uh, man, as soon as he sang that part, the city, I was like, whoa, this is legit. And then I just, I mean, I've been singing city for like the, you know, ever since I heard that, basically, just randomly. Uh, it's and it's, you know, it's an interesting um, lyrically. It's interesting. It, it's goes along with crisis. It's obviously about a city that's dilapidated, I guess, and falling apart. You know, it's it's sort of bemoaning the situation. It's, it, you know, obviously indicative of a crisis. So it's, it's very heartfelt, you know. I, I love the, the the way they the music is light. The the not light. The the, the guitars are optimistic. The music right. itself is kind of optimistic and a little bit happier than the lyrical content. The lyrics are dark, really just kind of like, oh man. Right. But the, and of course the dark singing and the light singing or the growling and the clean singing are a nice example of that dichotomy too. But yep. I, they have an un, uncanny way of having upbeat, optimistic sounding music to really heavy content. Absolutely. All right, so the next one is also a stud. The next one is track three called Mailbox Arson. And I think this one's got a really cool lyrical content. So let's get over to that one. I think this song is probably the best example of that light, sunny, optimistic sounding guitar riff with this super dark content of this guy saying, I will strike a match and burn away every tie that binds me to this place. You can tell he's so internally torn. He hates this place. He'll burn it down so he doesn't have to be associated with it anymore. And just talking about hundreds of houses burning. I mean, I I love this song. This is one of those ones where I was like, ugh. How do I not have this in the top three? Ultimately, it's not in my top three, but it was in and out, in and out, in and out. Yeah, it's uh, the ballad of a rogue mailman. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but I, I love the part where he said, <laughs> One yeah. more dog bites me on this mail route. <laughs> I, I will swear blow to God, this place up. <laughs> your mail is not safe in this town. Uh, <laughs> but I love that line, and uh, it's catchy as hell. A cigarette burn on your face. I pour the kerosene in your mouth. I watch the ash fall down your throat. Uh, pretty clear, <laughs> pretty on the nose when it comes to uh, the mood the guy's in. But I, you know, I, it's catchy as hell, punch in the face type song. But yeah, and you're right that that kind of it's sort of a happyish, sort of punkish, post-punk sounding riff. But it's absolutely not happy <laughs> lyrically at all. It's very right. intense. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I. I just because I have so much to say, I want to jump into okay. the next track, which is in my top three, okay. which is Boiled Boiled Frogs. Okay. So let's jump over to that one. And I'm not even going to turn it up because I have so much to say about this one. I love the 
chugging drum beat. If you listen closely to the bass pedal, the bass play on this song is so awesome because it's he's 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 you can tell it's fast, but he's doing there's only I mean I play drums and I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like a chugging. It's just a, a constant chug of the of the bass drum and the way that it's played in this kind of behind the beat feel of pushing from behind the song. I'm I'm sitting here in my chair doing it with my body because it's the only way I know how to describe it is to physically demonstrate what I'm trying to describe. But if you listen closely at the onset of the song, you'll catch that element of the dr- the bass drum pattern. And it's really, really perfect for this setup. And when the lyrical point says, I must be missing, I must be missing the point, my youth is slipping, my youth is slipping away, mm-hmm. safe, is, safe in monotony day after day, count your blessings. I love that whole, I mean, this, this is my top three because I think the lyrics, I don't know if they're speaking to me at this time in my life or what have you, but you can so, it's so brilliantly written that the dark, the, the growling vocals are demonstrating this opinion of the world, which is count your blessings, don't be complaining, get your job, get your, you know, nine to five, get your predictability, get your retirement started, get your vacations with your family and pay for your house and all these other usual things you can tell is this dark force and the light force the clean singing is maybe go do something big maybe go do something that you love to do maybe be inspired maybe not worry uh that you're gonna be you know missing out on this day-to-day monotony see it from the other side that you're missing out on your life and your life is slipping away i I love the way that i mean it's just amazing to me that somebody can start with an idea and then out from them flows a song this comprehensive and brilliant and layered and just I don't know. Love the song "Boiled Frogs" and the title, of course, "Boiled Frogs." I was going to say the same idea. Yes. Right. Yeah, you're slowly dying. Right. You don't realize it's happening until it's too late. You know. Uh, basically, that's your youth or you know your dreams or you're safe in your monotony. Event. You know, it's I guess the the monotonous and and the usual things you're supposed to be doing is the boiling water and and your youth. Yeah, that's the frog. And next thing you know, it's you're old and you didn't really do anything you wanted to do. That's right. Yep, I love this song. I love the lyrics. I love the message behind it. One of my top three, for sure. Is this one of yours? God, it's so good. You know, um, I, I, it would be so hard to not put it in top three. But I didn't. I don't. I didn't originally really have it in my top three. But man, just the way he says it must be so. Must be more to my life. Life. It's just so catchy. I. Yep. I, I you know, top four. We'll. <laughs> <laughs> we I know the top a top three list on this album could change every six months because I it's agree. just every time I listen to it, I was like, God, this CD's got so much depth and variety, and that's the other thing I want to get to on the next one. So okay. the next song we're gonna tune up here is called "We Are the Sound," and I'm gonna turn this one up here, and we'll talk over this. All right, so here's the deal on "We Are the Sound." It is track five. It's three minutes and thirty-eight seconds long. It's a high energy, you know, sound wall, just a quick hitter, comes right out at you. Not a lot of depth in my mind, just a quick hitter. And this is why I this is where I noted to myself, this album has a tremendous amount of variety. For somebody who will is willing for someone who's a fan of this type of music and not dismissive, like, you know, the general public would just say, Oh, well, it all sounds like screaming. You know, so to someone who actually is familiar with the level of you know skill it takes to put something like this together 
this album has a tremendous amount of variety. Every song has a unique feel to it and a, and a character to it, and they're not the same or boring or played out. I really enjoy the variety, and this was an example of that for me. I mean, I, I don't, this is not my top three, but it's a good example of the variety that the, this album presented. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's and also, you know, it's it's like even songs that wouldn't be in your top three are still really solid. I mean, there's nothing. I would absolutely put this song on and listen to it all the way through. I wouldn't skip it. There's nothing I would skip. I don't think in this album. No, so agreed. Hundred percent agreed. Yep. Even though this is kind of a break in the action from the complexity, and it's just a straightforward power force. It was necessary. It was it was nice to break it up. Right. All right. So let, let's jump over to the. Let's jump over to the next track then. Number six, You Burn First. Mm-hmm. Another example of some nice variety. You have this ominous kind of guitar, deeply troubled vocals with this kind of spoken word style at the beginning. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't know if you, if you felt this at all, but it sounded, this song to me made me think that these guys might have been fans of old stone temple pilots when every now and again i can't remember the uh, if it was on core or if it was on purple or if it was on um tiny music but one of those old stp albums had always a, a track like this where scott weiland would come in and kind of do this troubled spoken word type thing or he would kind of just express himself over maybe just one guitar sounded like he was in an intoxicated state just to break up the album and this reminded me of that so i wonder if they have that kind of grunge influence oh that's interesting i'm i mean i wouldn't just too surprised it probably started making music right around that time right i mean it's fans back for a while so um yeah 2001 i think okay so maybe a little bit after that but um but yeah that's i could see that that makes sense um stp has a lot of they have a, they started getting a little trippy too with some of those kind of break those like album breaks so yeah right so and this was another example to me of I think this was right where they kind of split the album in half and they're saying, okay, we're at the intermission now, even though it's not, uh, you know, you're not napping, but it's, it's just kind of this intermittent song that gets you ready for the back half of the album. And then when I was listening to it originally, I, I said in- internally, I wonder if they're going to be able to keep this same level of energy and interest in the back half. Cause this kind of sounds like, all right, we're taking a break, get ready for the next stuff. And, they definitely did. I mean, the ne- the next song is called "We Are the End." I'm gonna turn that up here and, and give you my thoughts about this. Yeah. In "We Are the End," I-, I think they have the coolest example of the singer overlap duality thing. It's if if you haven't listened to this song while reading the lyrics to see what is being screamed while. Dallas is singing. You know, Dallas and George are basically at the same time singing and screaming. They're not waiting for like point counterpoint. They're unquestionably doubling or overlapping, and it's Im- somewhat impossible to discern what's being said unless you're seeing the lyrics. But once you're reading as they're singing over one another, this competing influence, it is so awesome. It's just such a cool way that they did it. I, I really can't imagine how they would do it live because I feel like if I was the one singing either part I'd be distracted as shit by the other person yeah I mean I guess they I, yeah it's interesting we should check out whether or not this, they've played this live I'm sure they have at some point and, and see how it goes uh, and see what they do 
it's kind of cool. Uh, it's sort of a, it's a, it's going in the opposite direction from if we are, are right about what the theme is, with the light singing being more hopeful generally. Although it's not always, but it, them being in unison is cool. It's it's not anymore. It's not a dichotomy anymore. It's it's like oh, they're unified in this in, in what they're saying now. Right, and and at the same time, you can almost get this sense of like somebody having somebody speaking to someone while internally their monologue is doing something quite the opposite or something really loud and distracting them but the outward yeah it's like uh it's it's and you could go either way is the light singing the facade you're putting on and the the screaming internally or are you act or would someone be acting out with the screaming but internally there's like a there's like a soft core there there's like a sensitivity right right i'm telling you man this album has so much variety and and i think it's a pretty obvious, but without either one of the two singers, it would just be a totally different story. I oh, mean, yeah. They have, they have this duality down to a T, and it makes such an impact on the album. No doubt, man. No doubt. All right, so let's get to the next one. This is track eight. It is the title track from the album called Crisis. Mm-hmm. And if you have not yet, Phil, you must... Go online and listen to the live BBC version. Okay, I haven't done that. They uh, they either did a version live at the BBC or for the BBC, but somehow it was uh, recorded through the BBC, and it is fucking awesome. Okay. The guy, George, is just murdering it, dude. He's murdering the lyric. He's just crushing it so hard. And that version made me put this one in my top three because I liked this song just from the album, but then listening to it live, I was like, God, man, this guy's killing it. Yeah, I originally had this. That's a, I'm going to check that out because that's really cool, man. Um, I originally had this in my top three, then I had I kind of changed my mind to another one, but this is a really, really good song, and it's always good when the title track is a solid, you know, it's, yep. it's like, God, like, they nailed the right one, you know? Um, so... <laughs> And it's just another one of the songs about, you know, this, this town is going under, uh, your fingers are turning black, which is interesting because this album is, is like named after, or named, well, after, but, and, and the lyrical content is, is all about this, like, this, like, uh, blizzard. And this, and the album cover, the guy's pant, fingers are frostbitten. And I, I think it's probably what they're referring to when they say that. But, um, yes, this is a catchy ass song, and I definitely want to check out that live version. And he says one nine seven seven, so cool, so many times. And, oh, that's uh, okay. Yeah, that's also a reference to the year nineteen seventy seven. I'm I'm looking right. up right now. Great Lakes Blizzard of nineteen seventy seven is was a big thing that happened. And and this song, the song Crisis. If you look up the lyrics, I have to make sure I'm correct on this one. I don't want to make sure I'm telling tales out of school here, but I am ninety nine point nine percent positive that this is the song about a junkie trying to get his fix and the city being basically shut down and it not happening. And oh, yeah. that's, the idea of that is... Um, let me see here. Oh, I hope this is the one. The season's holding us all hostage. Better do whatever it demands. Carter knows we've got a crisis weighing on our frostbitten hands. The junkie is trapped indoors. Pretty soon he's going to need a fix, but the weather's not going to let him, and he's starting to get the itch. Yeah. I think that's such a fucking awesome concept and idea, and just 
individualizing a massive crisis because every time there was a crisis, there's so many individual millions of crises within that, and oh, yeah. that was just absolutely. It's it's like a, it's a ripple effect, you know, and you know, um, it's interesting they took that he took a an addict's perspective. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, right. and I guess it's literal. I don't know if it's supposed to be metaphorical in some way, but um, it's kind of neat. It's like a person's already in a crisis, and now it's compounded by an environmental one. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Made made worse by the situation. Right. All right. Let's let's jump on to the next one. I love this next song too, Phil. Yeah. That's a. This is a really really good one. Called "Keep It On Wax." You tell me your thoughts first, since I've handled all these other ones. I've just been gushing. All right, so "Keep It On Wax." I think it's about like a relationship that has either stalled or has not really progressed in some way. I was actually uh, listening to it a lot uh, last night, um, and I was like, oh, "I'm always get depressed about things like that. Like times change and people with them. Some people love to play the victim. Um, like the bridge is ashes. It might as well have never been built." This is one I had in my top three. Again, I feel like I say that every damn song. And then I was like, well, eh. But I, I think it's a really, really catchy song. Um, I really love um, when he says, you're not the only one making these sacrifices. Um, and time won't heal shit. It's got this kind of like, a, I don't want to call it a juvenile, but like this sort of like vulgar, but like real, <laughs> like the lyrics, um, or just something you would want to say, you know. It wouldn't be the most eloquent way of saying it, but it's so real and it's raw. Uh, so I really like that. I like. How, I think it's a bold way of making music, and because it's not trashy, like it's it's hard to do that without sounding trashy or vulgar in like a kind of a tongue-in-cheek way unintentionally. And they don't really have that. It. It's 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 pure emotion, you know. It has it has a certain class about it, even though it's time. It says time won't heal shit. You, normally, you, I don't know. You you'd think a lyric like that would be kind of. Ugh. But they do, they do it really well, and uh, I don't know. I just I, I think their boldness. Go ahead. If I could if I could summarize what you're saying, I think this album reeks of sincerity. Yeah, exactly. It's very authentic. You know, it just seems like these guys really, you know, they're singing shit that means something to them. You can obviously tell, and the way that they structure this song about, you know, basically tossing your friends, you know, by the wayside. Oh, you can just go get more friends. And the other side is saying, wait a minute, this. You know, I thought we had something here. Now you're burning bridges, and, and the distance between us is like an ocean. And the other guy is just a little chip in the road. So I, I think that that friendship dynamic, and who knows what led this to, to come down, but I love this album lyrically. I mean, I love the album lyrically, excuse me, but this song in particular was right. one of, I thought, the best. Yep, and I, so I was thinking about that because for whatever reason, I put this on a couple times, even last night, because um, uh, it was just stuck in my head. Uh, and I just, it's obviously very catchy, like basically the whole album. It's, which I think is so awesome. I mean, literally anything, any song you can put on, just bang your head to it. Um, but lyrically, I really like this song. Same, same. Let's go to the penultimate track here and we'll turn up to a friend. Okay. Now I'm not really down on any part of this album but this is the only track that I would cut if I could have a say in it I just didn't feel like it added anything to the album it's one that it's okay I mean I think George really has a fucking great vocal performance just crushing it with the screams you know especially towards the back half of the song but it's my least favorite on the album 
and not bad. I just think it was kind of unremarkable. It didn't really stand out to me for any reason. And I think that if they had nixed it and gone from a 12, excuse me, gone from an 11 track album to a 10 track album and kept rough rough hands as the closer, I think it would have probably been a better album. I don't know if that's maybe too strong, but I just think that it would have been tighter and this didn't add that much. I thought this could have been a B-side. What are your thoughts? Um, I have a very different opinion. I think this is like my third or my top three. I love I love the song. Wow. Okay. I, I love that that guitar in the background goes and um, I just uh, that drew me in pretty immediately. And then I, but the way he says you shouldn't have to fight alone, you shouldn't have to fight at all. Somebody's battle but your own. Very heartfelt. Um, it's just the way this song is structured. I guess speaks to me a little bit. Uh, just really drew me in, and I just I can't not listen to it if I'm listening to this album. I'm really I, mean, I have to go to this one. So that's interesting. Okay, well maybe I haven't had enough time with it to get that level of exposure, but I just maybe or maybe I'm just a whore for the catchy choruses because this one didn't have one the way that so many of the others have. Um, I would I don't know, man. I that part you shouldn't have to fight alone. I think that I think that'll grow on you. I think it may. Okay. And, okay. Well, I, uh, I I find it interesting we have different opinions there, and I'm really surprised it's in your top three. But uh, I always knew I had a superior oh, taste. It's got a okay, thin candy next. shell. Surprised you didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, the next uh, next track here and the last track on the album is called Rough Hands, and I think they do a nice job closing it out, wrapping it all up, putting the kind of dark, slower tempo change, and just the the different vibe. That you have here at the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for the whole like album closer, soft ballad type of thing. I, I think it's just a classic way to do it to end an album. I really, I just, I really like that. Um, it's maybe it's a little prototypical, but uh, I, I liked it, and it's a good song. It's a really good song. Agreed. I love this song, and I'll tell you exactly what happened the first time I listened to this album. When when you give me something new to review, I usually play it all the way through a couple times without looking anything up without looking at the lyrics just just literally listening and that's it and you know maybe I'll be doing something else while I'm listening but I'm just listening to the music and the first time I listened to this album I got to this track and when it ended I was feeling disappointed I was like it's over already I I have to go back and start this album over and I listened to it again straight away I think in hindsight in large part because of this song this song gives you such a calm down wind down ending and still very interesting that you want to go back and get more of what you had before you am I coming through kind of understandably Phil with what and, I'm saying are you saying that you know this is like a palate cleanser and you wanted to and you and you want to sort of re-satiate yourself if you will with the other stuff or yeah, I think it was just that it was a, it was different enough mm-hmm. that it made me kind of long for the other stuff. Right. Not because I disliked this, but just because it was it it was clearly you know a, a jacket versus a t-shirt, and I wanted to wear a t-shirt. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was I, like yeah, totally. It, it's nothing wrong with it. It's just that it takes you it took you away from what you were liking. Right. Um, exactly. And then by the time that I got back to it the second or third time around. I'm like, wow, this is perfect. This is a perfect wrap-up. So I love this song. I love this album. A-plus all around, Phil. Awesome. Just a great, great album. How did you hear about these guys? I mean, I've always been into that 
genre. I guess it's considered post-hardcore, post-punk, uh, melodic, whatever, hardcore. I don't know. But uh, so I always sort of troll around message boards, uh, you know, talking about bands. And this is a absolute classic of an album. It's actually um, it's 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 like got like a pretty legit legacy. I mean, it's it's on the Kerrang put it at number 50 in its 50 greatest albums of the 21st century. It's, wow. It's a platinum album. It's almost like it's a cornerstone of any anything even remotely heavy. Uh, so it's almost like you have to listen to this album, you know? You, you have to I know got, it. I got to dive into some of their other stuff, too, because as I said, I had never heard of them when you introduced this to me, and I'm glad you have, and now I'm definitely going to check out the back catalog of their other stuff. Because yeah, and, uh, you know... Even if, Sorry, Alexis on Fire is a band that you I've always heard about, and so it's like one day I was just like, let me just really see what the big deal is, you know? And then it's good. And there's a big deal. Yep. All right. Well, if I had to, to vote who wins the strings, the sticks, or the singing, I am going singing. The singing was freaking just perfect. The way that they had that... They have that duo combination down to a T the way they work in and around each other you know I mean in like sexually I'm just teasing yeah in uh, each other's ass yeah was, <laughs> you can really no, but feel it even the, really. the, <laughs> the way that they they work together the singing for me it was definitely what sealed the deal those choruses are just way too catchy mm-hmm. for anything else to be a contender for the best part yeah. of that album so sort of like so a you're the man kind of a raw version or a more raw rawer version of the uh data remember you know it's not it's a little more grit a little more garage you know but um totally not totally. anything wrong and with I, either one no not uh, but this is i think better than that album you gave the homesick album because i like the growling vocals on this album better i think george has a better growl right um but anyway you're the fucking man great choice after this Thanks, break, we're going to dive into Avatarium by Avatarium, and I'm interested to hear what you got on that. Okay. Okay, so, Phil, we do this every now and again, and we need to do this more often because I love the YouTube comment section. But here, here's the, what I came up with for the YouTube commentary from Alexis on Fire, the album. This could be anywhere. And... Uh, I think I said that wrong. This could be anywhere in the world is the full name of the song. But two great, great YouTube comments. Somebody named Batman Blood said, This city is haunted by goats. Go woats. You're welcome. <laughs> so when we hear that, that, that chorus line here and you hear uh, the, the chorus that everybody loves, you can now thank Batman Blood for saying this city is haunted by goats. Someone should put a the, goat scream in there. The, exactly. I think I hear it. Now, here's here's the best one, though. Um, somebody says, This is the most underrated band ever. I'd give my right nut for <laughs> them to get back together to play a show near me again. And this was four years ago when they had gone on a temporary break, and now I think they've gone back and done quite a few shows since. This guy, Anthony Bryan, says, Well... It looks like you're going to have to pay up. <laughs> <laughs> because this, cause the next guy, Curtis, says, I heard today that they are getting back together. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, 
he says, and the guy ultimately says, all right, well, that's about a seven-hour drive from me, but if they don't announce any more shows, I will make the drive. And I think he probably did that so he didn't have to lose his nut. Yes, uh, pretty good alternative to that. Um, nice. All right, Phil, so since we did the uh, awesome YouTube comments yeah. there and ended out Alexis on Fire, okay. it is your go, brother. So tell me what you thought about Avatarium as I pull it up and get it kind of queued up and tuned in the first track is called moon horse okay i got a cool slow vibe i'm just gonna let it play underneath you and you're gonna give us your thoughts man i'm gonna let it go for a sec um tell me when you want me to turn it down and i'll, I'll turn it down okay you can turn it down i'll, I'll, I'll jump in okay so you know this is a i would say i used the word before but a prototypical Doom album as a whole, and especially, or for sure, this song as well. And I, that's a good thing. I think it's a good album. Um, sometimes I'm not in the mood to listen to an eight-minute-long song. It doesn't change a whole lot, but that is a Doom metal. There's, If you're going to listen to Doom, Stoner, Doom, you know, that's what you're going to get. So, you you know, I, it's sort of something you have to be in the mood for, uh, which sometimes I am. Uh, oftentimes I am. This particular band is yet yeah, is unique because of the singing. The singing is great and uh, really captivating. I mean, the woman's voice is absolutely gorgeous, and the lyrics are great. I mean, it's so poetic. I was this is my this is a top three song for me by the way. The Moon Horse, just are, you know, are there horses on the moon? I saw them last night. It's like this dreamscape, you know, ethereal sort of. I don't even know, but like just sort of trance kind of vibe. Um, I can, this song, it's easy. It's nine minutes long and it's easy to listen to all the way through because it's just so pretty. You just don't want it to end. Um, and it, your juxtaposition, the whole album, it, there's a juxtaposition between the lady, the woman, the lady, the, la the singing from the vocals, which is so pretty, and these grinding, legit doom riffs. And it, I'm, and it, it fits. I think it's bold. Um, so I, you know, I, I kind of said what I thought about the whole album, but I, this song in particular is great because the lyrics are just so damn good and the singing is pretty. It's, it's just a nice, smooth song and it's got a lot to it. There's, I'm going to look at my notes real quick here. My notes, um, it picks up at about 317. There's a cool solo. Uh, I, I, I describe this as jazzy at times which is not unusual for a doom, but this in particular sounds like lounge music sometimes to me, like something you'd hear at a bar in the background, you know? Uh, and there's a cool chuggy part at 545. I think someone compared the riff at 317 to Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, which I thought was an accurate comparison or a fair comparison. But yeah, anyway, great song, uh, top three. And I'm glad you let me you recommend this album. It's a good album. Love it. I I saw these guys on the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise two years ago. I want to say, could have been last year. Mm -hmm. And they tore it up, dude. This chick is like maybe a hundred pounds. I mean, super super skinny, and up there just not giving a shit, just crushing it. Zero fucks given. Just, just doing a great job. I mean, they sounded great live, and 
the interesting thing about Doom is these songs seem like at times in your life on a, on a phone or on a CD that they kind of drag. But live, no way. Live, it's like, God, I can't believe that was 10 minutes. I want more of that. I do not want that to stop. The energy from it is so different live. But the you, you kind of mentioned it already. The difference between the music and then the sound of her voice when it first comes in, even on this first track, you're just like, oh, okay, what yeah. is this? Yes. When you hear the riffs, you're like, okay, legit, this is going to be a doom metal band. It sounds pretty good. And then when she starts singing, you're, yeah, you're like, wow, this is, this is a bit different. All right, let's, you want to jump to track two? Yeah, Pandora's Egg. Yeah. Track two, Pandora's Egg. What are you thinking on this one? So I like the... Uh, I love this nice, calm beginning. So at 2.30, it changes to like a faster chugging, and it reminds me of something that I cannot put my finger on. It's been driving me nuts. Um... I love where the way she sings, the seal is broken. The gate is open! And she says the seal is broken right after that. Um, it's like a... That. It's got this desperate sound to me. It, it's some. It's almost like a warning. You know? Uh, sorry, I just love listening to this. But yeah, uh, I think, again, <laughs> lyrically it's strong. <laughs> lyrically it's great. Uh, reminds me of... Black Sabbath a lot, like the song Black Sabbath from the band Black Sabbath. Uh, there's a bigger epic tone at around 326. Um, it's very, very atmospheric song. Even, you know, considering how atmospheric this album is, this song stands out to me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think it's really catchy, as just like they all are. I think my favorite part is when she says the gate is open and the seal is broken. There's a lot of good solos in this too. So, and it's not quite as long. I think this one's about yeah six minutes. So three minutes shaved off, but doesn't really hurt it. You know, I, I think it's a good length. Probably could be a little bit longer, probably. But do you like the vibe? I mean, by this time in this, when you first listen to it, you listen to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, by this time, you're like you kind of get the vibe. I mean, you just get this vibe that this is gonna be their deal. They're just gonna have this chugging down tune just doomy but the vocals are going to be pretty and the lyrics are going to be deep that's really what yeah. you got they, yeah, and, and like I feel um, like I will prob- probably be repeating myself a bit because all the compliments you want to give to one song apply pretty much to all of them but again that's that's kind of the, what you get with this genre it's a lot of similarity the the you know, and the songs are pretty long, and they don't, like I said, they don't change a lot. Um, and it's, we said before, but when it comes to Doom, you're really going to want to, if you, it's like, if you love the riff and you love the song, you're going to love it. But if, 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 if you, if you don't think it's great, but, you know, it's so long that you'll be like, all right, man, I'm done. Like, I, I'm really right. done with this. So it, it, right. you really got to nail I just... it. I just tuned up track three here. We got Avatarium, the self-titled Go for it. That's fine. Uh, song. That's what's going on right now. What do you think of this one? And, you know, again, you don't need to repeat yourself because you're right. It is what you know what you're getting in this album. It's not going to be a tremendous amount of variety, but it is going to be reliable, predictable, mm-hmm. catchy. Just nod your head. And the, the singing, you know, is amazing. So okay. this one, what do you think on this one? Okay. So I thought this one was a really good song. Uh, the lyrics were interesting to me. I think they're about hearing voices, not sure if they're friends or enemies. Sort of a psychosis kind of vibe. Uh, 
Reminds me a little bit of Opeth at times. Uh, I'm not sure why I said that. I think it's because of, of, an, of a song on, on Orchid that I think it sounds a lot like, and which wouldn't be too much of a stretch. Although Opeth's not doomed still. Uh, at four minutes in, there's a really good solo. Uh, it's got another. It's still got that classic jazzy lounge vibe. Uh, I think it's a good title track. You know, they they nailed it. Like I said, bands that do that are, you know, you gotta commend them. And I love the way she says, Avatar So cool, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's my asylum, my great auditorium, where I drink the lifeblood, plan the rebellion. Basically, I think she, the Avatarium is, I don't know if it's in her mind or what, but it's like this sort of this sort of sanctuary amidst psychosis, or it's, it's, it's something that you feel like a sanctuary, but it is your psychosis, you know. Some kind of, I'm not sure exactly, but it's a pretty cool pretty cool vibe pretty metal um is this one in my top three no okay but we're getting there all right well then let's jump to the next track track number four okay bone flower bone flower if they were gonna have a single that would make it to the radio which i doubt they're gonna go for but this would be it agreed this is a super catch dude just a hook city on this one uh yeah this is actually it's probably I don't know if it's my favorite song off the album, but it's really close. It's obviously a top three, if I could have just yeah, said that. Yeah, for sure. Th- this is my number one. It's strong. It reminds me a little bit of the band Garbage. It has like this uh, this grungy or post-grunge mid-90s kind of sound to it. That echoey, distorted, almost purposefully mundane sounding riff. Almost like someone's bored. Like, like waiting in a line or something. Right, 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 right. You know, um, but really cool, man. Um and Skull Forest, Shadows Hang. I love the way they sing that. Because um, it actually kind of... It's a little abrupt, in a way. And it, But I like it. It's like... This, yeah. In Skull Forest! I think she says... Yeah, Light is Fledged. She says two different... Or three different iterations of the In Skull Forest part. But, uh, love that part. I, I, it's like triumphant or intense maybe she's you know a game warden in skull forest and it's actually a plug but um <laughs> <laughs> no but it's a great song man um i didn't even put any notes on it because i i just just i knew i'd be able to just i could pretty much talk for the rest of this about how much i like the song uh, i just think it's catchy it's pretty it's pr- it's basically a condensed version of all the good things of this on this album. It's a little bit faster. If you were going to introduce somebody to this band and they were like yes. a little eh about yep. the genre, you would go with this. This would be the song. Yep, absolutely, dude. Yep, that's exactly right. This is the one. This is the one that gets you into the band, and then you listen to the others, and then you're like, wow, now I'm a real fan. Right. All right cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Next one's Bird. My, good. Good for it, man. That that was my favorite on the album, and when I first listened to this CD. I had the the first track was my favorite for the longest, mm-hmm. and then the more I got through this one, I was like, "Wow, this really is just a quick." Did you feel a little guilty about like the obvi- almost the like the obviously catchy one being your favorite? I always feel guilty about shit like that. No, like, not at all, dude. I love the. I'm such a friggin' cheese penis in terms of like, if you give me a cheesy power metal song, that's just yeah, you know, <laughs> like so obviously there just to make me like it, I will be first in line to get you to sign my CD. Right. <laughs> 
uh, fall, the, fall for the bait and run right into that where like the little stick is propped up the box. You just put a <laughs> yeah, exactly. catchy song in there. I'm gonna run right into that thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I'm like the old Looney Tunes who just right. walks up and like grabs the steak off the bear trap. Right. But I, you know, um, that's that's totally me, and I'm completely cool with it. Awesome. All right, next one, Bird of Prey. Bird of Prey. What'd you think on this one, Philium? So I wrote down eerie, lonesome riff. Great singing. At about 57 seconds in, it's a really good, heavy, chugging riff. Um, when she sings The Bird of Prey. I think the way she sings the lyrics are really intriguing and pretty. Um, she lets that that line, Bird of Prey, just stand alone. She does that a lot. Most notably in the song Avatarium. But the way they say Bird of Prey is... Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just adamant, you know. But it's also, it's it's just one line. It just just lets it kind of just hit you. It really makes you want to look into this bird of prey, you know. Um, Maybe it's the one that stabs you against the thorn bushes and uh, right. your life out. No doubt. Um, so I'm looking at the lyrics, and it's like fog and night, Berlin Square, a demon in the street, the czar of blood appears. With a tongue so black and sweet, I'm guessing this is some kind of uh, historical reference. Obviously, don't know. So I'm thinking the bird of prey might be it's an assassin, or you know maybe it's some it it's describing some kind of monumental event in history. Not entirely sure. I like how it's hard for me at least to totally glean. That's been in my head forever too. That and. I've been I've been randomly singing Bird of Prey for like <laughs> the last two weeks. The Bird of Prey. This is not in my top three, but I do like the song a lot. Well, I I hope that you listen to in addition to this one, um, and the singer on this album is Jenny Ann Smith. She's the the singer for the band, and okay, I don't know if she goes by Jenny Ann or just Jenny, but. Uh, Ms. Smith, Ms. Smith yeah. is amazing on the song "Girl with the Raven Mask." Okay, it's not on this album. That's the title track of their next album, "The Girl with the Raven Mask." Dude, you gotta check that one out too. Excellent song. Okay, I will check that out. Um, All right, let, go for you it. You wanna go to "Tides of Telepathy"? Tides of Telepathy. Yes. Yeah, Okay, I like the marching cadence kind of vibe. Um, oh man, I love that. At 410, it starts getting into like a static, distorted section that's really eerie. And it's got a theme about technology, and I think it's really cool. My favorite part of the song is the chorus. When she um, she goes, Tides of telepathy, wave after wave. And then when she says psychic technology, there's this like creeping, plucking uh, sound from the guitar in the, right behind that. I think it sounds really cool, very creepy. Uh, I think this is about technology sending, making people insane, or maybe hurting the world as much as it's helping. Um, this song is just awesome. It's it's a top three for me. It's a grinding kind of cool man. Yeah, I don't know why I like or why this one jumped out so much to me. The end has some really good solos. Uh, when she says, oh, can you hear me, um, is really awesome. 
uh, just very, her voice is just so beautiful. It just, it just draws you right in, man. Uh, you know, it's hard to, you could pick out any random spot where she sings something really pretty and say, hey, this is the best. But for whatever reason, this song has a couple of those, and I just think they're the, the prettiest in an album chock full of, you know, beautiful singing. So, uh, yeah, this one's, this one's great. Time of telepathy. And this is track six. There's only seven, al- seven songs on the album because, of course, of the length. But the thing that I, I think about this band is the songs are somewhat similar in the sense that you know the genre. You know you're going to get Doom. You know you're going to get this style. But I don't want anyone to overlook that this sound, I think, is unique. I mean, her voice, her vocals, and the style mixed mm-hmm. with this sound I have not heard before. And although it is somewhat predictable... It's very unique. Yeah, I agree. It, um, you know, if some if if someone told me they weren't into it because it all sounded it sounded the same to them, I'd go, yeah, I guess I see that. But it, if you were more familiar with the genre, you'd recognize the uniqueness of this. And just because it's it's a, a, a sort of a, the same structure a lot doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. I mean, it, if you're in the mood to listen to something for a long time, this is great. I mean, I. I I would absolutely put this on while I was reading. I would probably put it on while I was right. playing chess or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's a great, like, activity. Uh, it's, it's great to go with activities. I can't think of a good way to phrase that, but it's just, it's good It's good mood music. <laughs> like, Yes. Yeah, so. You're not going to want to get in a fight and kill somebody. Right. You know, you're not going to want to go to the gym and, and train. You're going to want to do something more cerebral I mean this is definitely Uh somewhat of an intellectual exercise and um, I want to go to the so you said Moon Horse number was one of your top three Bone Flower just felt just missed it and Tides of Telepathy was in no I think I I would put Bone Flower in my top three Moon Horse Bone Flower and Tides of Telepathy okay cool so then let's go to the last one Lady in the Lamp and and since it didn't make your top three I'm interested to know if you liked it or if it was kind of forgettable for you Okay. Yeah, I Lady in the Lamp is uh I think has it again, it's obviously really pretty. It's I like the lyrics. I, I noted the ones in the darkly fade she gives a serenade, lift the clouds away, stars around her face. Um Enchanted in her cage. So I think it's about like the lady stuck in the lamp. Um This part is it's like a trippy Reminded me of like being lost in something kind of vibe. I think it's it's a good song, but it does this one drags a little because I don't think I mean, there's a really good solo at the end. I will say that, but it doesn't do much until that solo for me. It's just kind of it's just I don't know. It's a little bare bones, which isn't bad, but I didn't hate it. I just didn't think it didn't jump out to me as like mind blowing. It's not a bad way to end the album. Because it's slow, like even for this album, it's slow. But yeah, it was okay. What did you think? I was I was feeling the same way. I wish they had ended on a stronger note. Yeah. I, I thought that they could have had a stronger ending song that would, unlike the album we reviewed in the first half of this episode, I think this one needed a faster ender. Yeah. To get you to get you re-energized at the conclusion 
to want more of the slow that you had previously got. You know, kind of like the inverse of what the other album was like. Yeah, like it was the albums. Uh, like I, it fits with the theme of being slow relative to the rest of the album, but the album is pretty slow in a lot of places. And I mean, you could argue that this song has some of her best singing, um, but it doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't do a lot. I mean, I, I, it, it could do more. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us. Who won this album? Oh, Strings, yeah. sticks, or singing? Yeah, I don't want to undersell the guitar because they have some great, great work in here, great um, solos. But I think a clear winner is the singer because the big part of the draw for this band is that their singing is unique for the genre. But also, she really does just have a great voice. And just, I feel like. It, it's like you wouldn't really get tired of it because her her singing just keeps you interested. It's and it's got this almost tragic, almost broken down sort of lonely vibe. But at the same time, it's hopeful and pretty. And I don't know. I just there's a lot of layers in her singing, and uh, I think that she wins singing. Yep. I tend to agree with you. I think that people who are unfamiliar with the genre won't recognize the band Candlemass, but mm-hmm. the founding bassist of this band was Life Edling, and he was in Candlemass for years and years and years. I think he was one of the founding members there. So the the strings definitely on the bass side are way up there. I mean, that you can tell it takes somebody who's done it to pull bass lines off like they have in this album. Uh, but without her singing, you just have another candle mass, and I was never a big fan of them, but I love these guys, so clearly her singing does something. I totally agree. This is funny to me. I was looking at the reviews on that website, not that we care about that, but two people gave this album a 50 in the 50s, 52 and 55, and the other person, the, the third and last review, was a 100%. <laughs> Just the the division between the I guess the people that listen to this and Jesus I, I can't imagine giving this a fifty I mean it's just being a dick for no reason seriously um, it's not the the whole song the whole album could be just Lady in the Lamp and I wouldn't give it a fifty right I mean it's just unique enough that yeah you're right but uh, I'm interested to see what did the what did the fifty people say Is just something ridiculous um, he says all right but not boundary breaking so that's a fifty two percent. No, that's way too low for what you described. And why 52%? Right, right. What is that? Why not fifth? Why didn't even... Might as well be an even fifth. Um, you say, that's it. It's just okay. Problem holds how Avatarum as an outfit is their under, overwhelming, excuse me, mediocrity. Sounding less like something unique and more like something derivative, or more like the derivative moments of Candlemass. Avatarum's debut is replete with overbearing guitar solos. Oh, they're not overbearing. They're, they're not even in there till the end. A lot of them. Maybe at the, they're not. They're perfectly fine. They're they're great even. I can only, yeah. this guy. I like the guy who gave it a hundred. I can only stand in awe. He said to the fact, but it should be at the fact. And a musician can stick to la 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 uh, more or less single formula and always come victorious with it. Leaf Edling is such a is such a musician, and the formula is doomed. From Candlemas to Avatarium, passing through abstract algebra and crux bands. Edling has managed to play doom metal in a true and traditional way, but always giving a little else to avoid stagnation or repetition. I actually think it's fair to say, but that guy's, that guy's pretty intense, but this album does give you just enough to avoid stagnation, but it does it consistently. It, like, it's obviously 
on purpose. It's not it's not accidentally good. It's there's a there's an obvious structure in philosophy. People are just I didn't realize this, man, but looking at uh Metallum, people are shitting on this band. I don't understand. They got the Dude. girl with the raven mask got a sixty three total. Somebody did a fit a forty percent and a eighty five percent. I mean no. I think that album's really fucking cool. And these guys were great live, so I think these people are off. They're absolutely off. That that I, I like that website a lot because uh, it's very informative. But some of those reviews are so freaking unfair. I mean, it's like, and I think if there's a lot of snobbery on like just people, people that are, I don't even think it's sincere. It's almost like, oh, watch me just shit on this, you know? And let me just let me showcase my superior tastes, you know? I, yeah, I think there's a lot of wankery. And to and total like obvious oh someone listen to me or read me right even though i acknowledge that i don't like doom well then what the fuck are you writing a review of a doom band for i agree man completely it's like <laughs> it's like well okay so i'm just gonna disregard this review then because right okay i hate country music so i'm gonna go write a bunch of reviews of country music uh, what yeah. the fuck it's like well oh you didn't like it wow i can't believe you didn't like a, a band from a genre right. you don't like let me write a review on on uh, on Yelp of this Indian restaurant where I went because I hate Indian food. That's really fair. Right. I'm allergic to seafood. Let me talk about this crab joint. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but well, I'm I'm glad you liked it. I know when I picked it, I said I don't know that this is going to be Phil's favorite because it's kind of I mean, you I've, know, you got to be in the mood. I felt kind of bad that I didn't have more to say. I just I felt like I'd be repeating myself over and over if I if I went into detail. And I probably, in hindsight, I probably should have given this album to you in winter because I would think if you had a snow-filled, shitty, dreary, just like drive to work and a friggin' bunch of salt on the side of the road and the dirty snow, and you know that would be. I could imagine in in Sweden where these guys are from, they probably have much more occasion than in the bright sunlight to be thinking, you know, wow, this is uh, the perfect music for how I feel. <laughs> I'm at the beach, so I'm going to listen to some Boneflower. No, but right, right, right. It's not going to happen. Not that I would. Well, I would, but, I mean, other people might not be into it. But, um, yeah, it's a good, it, it really is a good album. It really is. And that song, Boneflower, I think is great. I, I really liked Moon Horse. I think Moon Horse might be my favorite. Um, or Tides Telepathy. That's a great, and the, the lyrics of Moon Horse are so interesting. Just so right. poetic. Yep, and I, but I thought Todd's telepathy was really cool. Um, okay, so are we gonna do some recommendations for each other for an? A- absolutely, brother. I have one, and uh, little surprise, but the one that I have, we're gonna have the lead singer with us. What? So okay. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty excited. I have an album that is, I if you don't you dare tell me you don't like it. I swear to God, because because <laughs> <laughs> it is so cool, man. It's I want so your different. honest opinion, but if you tell me something, I don't want to hear great. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be totally honest, but if you if it's not what I want to hear, I swear to fuck, <laughs> I will come down there again and lose a wrestling match. But hey, you know it was close. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you got? All right, man. I'm gonna. You might even have heard it, which would be disappointing if you already know it. But uh, I'm gonna recommend the Atlas Moth Coma Noir. Uh, you know what? I've heard it, but it's been a long time, and I don't think I have listened to it more than maybe halfway through one time. So oh, okay, I, I definitely I do not have a thorough feel on it, and it's a band that I know has a super cool vibe, a cool following, mm-hmm. really cool album art. 
So I'm actually interested. I hope I like it because I have every reason to. So that's a cool one. I'll check that out for sure. And that's one more time. The Atlas Moth. What's the name of the album? Uh, Coma Noir. So Coma the, Noir. Yeah. Got so N O I R for Noir, and Coma is in awesome. This guy's in a coma. As in somebody put their balls on this guy's chin because he'll never know he's in a coma. coma. Right. Exactly. So that's how everybody describes it in medical literature. Yeah, that's textbook description of a coma or scenario okay. for yeah. So okay, what do you have? Identify your patients in a coma by the following. So <laughs> I have the album Ghost Ship by the band Theocracy. Okay. Ever heard it? No. I think I've heard of Theocracy, but I've never heard Ghost Ship. All right. Well, get ready to piss your pants because it's going to be some power metal. That's I was going to say, it's got to be power metal. Sauce. I mean, Oh, all day. Ghost Ship? If that's not power metal, I, I was going to say something really weird. Anyway. I resign. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I'm done. All right, Ghost Ship Theocracy. Theocracy. You got it. Okay. We All right, and it. I will try my best to not listen to the album Crisis by Alexis on Fire while I should be reviewing this new one because you got me pretty hooked on this one. I'm glad you liked it, man. I'm so glad. I knew, I had a feeling, you know, I knew you'd like it a bit. But yeah, all right, good one, good one. All right, brother. Well, great job as always. Until next time, this has been the Great Heavy Music Podcast with Alex and Phil. And next episode you will be getting a review of Coma Noir and Ghost Ship. Yeah, for sure. All right, later, Phil. See you later.